Welcome to the Align Nutrition Podcast, a place where eating doesn't get in the way of living. We use science and psychology to move past the challenges you face while healing your relationship to food. I'm your host, Erica Drury, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. For the past 10 years, I've been helping people like you find a happy medium of flow and balance with eating. If solving these issues were easy, you would have figured it out already. Expect to learn a new way. Each week, you'll hear trainings, listen in on mini coaching sessions from people on your same path, and learn from other guest professionals. I'm so glad you've joined me. Hey there, Erica here. Welcome back to the Align Nutrition Podcast. Today, I wanted to introduce you to the topic of this episode and our guest. We will be talking about intuitive exercise. There's a lot of correlations between healing your relationship to food and exercise that we'll be highlighting this episode. And I am joined by Nyla Weeb, and she is a certified health and life coach who's trained in habit and mindset change. She practices from an intuitive eating perspective and is also a fitness instructor. So she's bringing together these two worlds. She likes to help women on their relationship to food, body image, without obsession or dieting, and helps them tune into their bodies. I think you'll really enjoy this episode today. And without further ado, let's hop in. Nyla, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. This is awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I was so excited when you reached out because you were pointing out that, hey, you talk a lot about intuitive eating. And where does movement come into this? You know, what is what is, you know, moving intuitively? And before we jump into that, I just want to frame out some of the things we we're going to be talking about. How did you get in this work? It's that that quote, like my mess became my message. And I really struggled with an addiction to exercise. And I had disordered eating, anorexia, and then it later turned into orthorexia. And there were some seasons of binge eating in there too. And I got the help that I needed by working with an intuitive eating coach. And she was an intuitive eating counselor as well. And I just when you taste freedom with food and exercise, you're like, I want to tell everyone I know about this. You don't have to keep living the way you have with those things. So I just, I want to help the people who are like the old Nyla who are still struggling and show them like, there's a different way. And so, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's, you know, I was thinking about this the other day that a lot of times when it comes to being in that kind of obsessive place with exercise, usually that like lever that's kind of guiding because it's kind of hard to tell on the outside. It's like, oh, is she exercising obsessively or is she exercising in a way that's okay? It's like, it's that inside, that level of compulsion around it that kind of drives it. And, you know, so it's like, hey, how do you, how do you know that you're, you know, you're in trouble and, and how do you move through that? So talk to me a bit about like intuitive exercise. You know, what does that mean for you? How did it change you? How does it change your clients? Yeah, to me, I think intuitive exercise, it's like body teamwork. You're really valuing your body's opinion instead of just valuing valuing like a fitness trainer who created a workout program or your personal trainer at the gym or a group instructor at the gym in a group fitness class. But you're you're valuing like seeing your body as the expert of what's best for you and just yeah, you're just inviting your body into exercise choices. And it's got that body trust component. Like I trust you body, your cues are not going to lead me astray because the world can tell us don't trust your body, don't trust your cravings. And actually, our body has a lot of wisdom, and it can really just help us feel good. And so it's really changed me. 
just, yeah, bringing my body into the equation and being like, what do you want to do today? Is what I planned okay? Like I flexibly plan. It's okay to plan, just hold it loosely. And I'm like, is what I planned today, is that still cool with you? And if not, then I'm like, okay, we're going to take a rest day and that's totally okay. And I've learned like a rest day or a workout day they have, I have the same value on each of those days. My human value doesn't change. And before I was thinking when I rest, I have less value that day because the world can give us those messages. So yeah, that is it in a nutshell for me, intuitive movement. And it sounds way better than obsessively following a workout schedule, which I did. And my life revolved around workout schedules and following them perfect. And it's just so much more free and joyful. And just, it's really handy in life, like intuitive movement, because you're like, oh, my friend is in town today. Well, I'll just push my workout back till tomorrow and I'll just hang out with her. Like, it's just, I don't know, it makes life, it's handy like a tool and it makes life better. So, yeah. Absolutely. And it, you know, how you're describing it, it reminds me of, you know, really looking at, like when we look at intuitive eating as a model, it's about kind of removing those externals, those beliefs, those thoughts, those, you know, things that we have kind of inherited down, right? Like never miss a Monday or, you know, always go harder, hit that PR, you know, pain is weakness, leaving the body, like all of these like really harmful messages. And then you're talking about like, hey, and then the other part of like rejecting a lot of that is bringing ourselves into the equation where like with intuitive eating, it's like listening to your hunger cues, getting to know what that means, understanding what cravings mean, learning more about your body. And it seems like you're talking about doing the same thing of like, It sounds radical, but like, what does my body need today, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love, you said like never miss a Monday. And I like to tell people it's okay to miss any day. Like check in with your body. It's okay if it wants to rest Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like that's okay. And sometimes your mind needs a rest and your body might be okay to go, but the body and the mind, they're connected. So it's okay to rest. So, oh, absolutely. And that's like, talk to me a little bit about how that kind of like, flexible plan because it reminds me of like okay you know these are the things that I bought at the store this week these are the things I went to the grocery and I think I might have this but you know maybe I don't feel like a banana and cereal this afternoon for a snack so good thing I have those Cheez-Its and you know a yogurt or whatever like how does that show up when it comes to like flexible planning your your movement yeah so something that my intuitive eating coach taught me which she said, do a body scan, a full body scan every morning. It's like you're at the airport and you go through those little the scanner and it scans you looking for metal or whatever. So she said, do that mentally and check in with your body, how it's feeling. Different muscle groups are some sore, are some injured, are some tired. And then you using that data that you collect, then you make your choice. So maybe I had planned to do a weight workout, like a lower body day. But this happened the other day, actually, I was going to do a, a lower body workout day. And then I woke up. And I got into my workout clothes and I'm like, you know what? My glutes are still sore from a bar workout I did the other day. So I don't want to keep working it because it's so sore still. So that's just going to keep doing damage. It needs some time to repair. It's the muscles that were torn and like, you know, little tiny tears in the muscles. Yeah, because that's what happens. Yeah. Talk about that really quickly, if you don't mind. I feel like a lot of people don't know about that. Yeah. So exercise is stress on the body, but it's healthy stress. And certain movement, it causes little tiny tears in your muscles, and it's supposed to do that. And then in the periods of rest, your body will recover and rebuild those muscles stronger, and then your muscles are stronger. But if you don't rest your body, you're just like tearing muscles, tearing muscles. So it's actually gains aren't made in the gym. It's actually 
gains are made in those periods of rest. So, but yeah, so I wanted to rest my glutes that day. I'm like, actually, this workout I planned, not a good idea. So I was like, <laughs> I checked with the rest of my body. I'm like, hey, any other m- muscle groups feeling good? And my arms felt okay. So I think I did a chest workout day that day. And so I, yeah, that just gives a good example of, yeah, I planned to do one. And then it was like, that's actually not a good idea when I checked in with my body. And I think later that week, I did do that leg workout later when my glutes were feeling better. So yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. You have that kind of like external plan of, hey, here's what I thought I might do because I thought this would be fun. And then the internal check-in, the body scan that's like, no, 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 leave the glutes alone today. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're busy over here repairing our fibers. Thanks. We'll see you in a couple of days. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. I imagine that that, you know, kind of making the shift would really take a lot of kind of mental work, just like intuitive eating, where you're trying to really like kind of build your own value system. You know, you were mentioning your friend and you're like, okay, I want to hang out with her instead. It's like, I'm prioritizing my friendship and the opportunity of my friend being here to go ahead and do that. You know, I'm kind of, um, this was an opportunity that I, so I have to, you know, move my movement plan around. And so, you know, I think when it comes to thinking about those mental shifts that take place of, I have to work out, this is what I have to do. I can't miss this. I'm less valuable if I don't. What were some things that you kind of say to yourself or your clients or some ways to kind of make those shifts to having it be a more flexible, intuitive type of like a relationship, but like, I don't know, I guess an internally focused belief system, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I really work with the worth piece. Like you need to establish and keep reminding yourself you have constant worth and nothing can change it. it no choice you make food wise or exercise wise or anything like even your productivity that day or lack of productivity, none of those things can touch your worth you have just because you're a human. And so when you really, really like keep reminding yourself, like, no, I just have worth. This didn't change my worth. Like then it frees you up to just make choices rather than, rather than making choices to, I'm going to go for a long run today because that's going to give me more worth. But when you, when you realize like rest or running or yoga or whatever, they're just, it's neutral. It can't affect your worth. That's a place that I really like to start with. Like you got to source your worth correctly. And I really tell people that you need to build up proof for yourself, like that bad thing that you thought would happen when you didn't follow a workout schedule perfectly, it's not going to happen. And you'll learn like, actually, my body doesn't care if I follow the workout schedule, or if I just do what is what feels like joyful movement for it, it doesn't care, even though the world gives us these fear messages like diet culture, that bad things are going to happen if you don't follow this diet plan or this exercise regimen. And then when you really just build up proof each time you choose to just do joyful movement, what sounds good, because what sounds good often feels really good and is what your body really wanted. And then you're like, wow, actually that bad thing didn't happen. It gets easier and easier each time. So the first time I did that body scan, it really freaked me out. I'm like, okay, I'm going to not follow my my tight schedule today, but I'm going to try this out because I just wanted freedom so bad. And I was feeling chained to a workout schedule. like. Like I said, my life was revolving around it and relationships, social relationships were harmed because I was prioritizing my relationship with that schedule. And anyways, I tried it, the body scan one day. I was like, this is awesome. And then the next day I did it again and again and again, and it just got easier and easier. And now I'm like, I'm never going back. 
<laughs> to following a workout schedule above what my body says. And so, yeah. I love that because it does, it feels like it makes me think of a couple things. Like when we're talking about eating intuitively, kind of how you're describing this neutrality towards different types of exercise of like, hey, you know, doing a HIIT workout isn't more valuable than doing a yoga workout or than taking your dog for a walk. A lot of times when I'm talking to people, there's this, there is this hierarchy that exists where it's like, oh, well, yoga doesn't count. And it's like, well, wait, what are we talking about here? You know, count in what ways or what do we mean by that? And so I think you're hitting the nail on the head with this value piece of this kind of like, this is better than that, or whether it's more intense or whether it, you know, quote unquote, burned more or challenged you more. But this idea that, hey, movement is allowed to be joyful. Like that doesn't mean anything. And in fact, it means that you're probably going to really stick with it because it's life-giving. You're, it sounds like when you were describing that, I'm like, this sounds so joyful. It sounds like it's building upon your life. It's not like prioritizing, breaking your body down and like, you know, taking yourself to some edge mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, physical challenge. It, it's like, not that you're not ever challenging yourself, but it feels different the way you talk about it. Mm-hmm. I like to tell my clients, like, if you moved, your body is like, woohoo. Like, it, if you moved, it counted. It doesn't have to be a certain type of move to count. And the world will tell you differently. But I like to tell them just because the world didn't see value in something doesn't mean it didn't have value. And so I love Brene Brown, how she was, there's a quote of hers. And it's like something about it takes courage to value rest and play in a world that puts busyness on a pedestal. And so we just need to know it's going to be a little countercultural when you're not maybe exercising the way the world should or talking about exercise or approaching it, but you're going to, you're going to be more joyful when you do it this way, for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it just, it does. It sounds like, it sounds like something that, you know, 20 years from now, it can still be working for you or it's, it just sounds like you're putting it upon a foundation that feels loving, you know, which like you said, I love that quote. It it applies so well here of, Hey, you know, it is radical at times to say, Hey, I'm going to take a rest day. But like you said, it does take a level of like discipline to choose that and strength to choose that. And also, you know, in terms of a biological side of the house, it is helping you. It's helping your body recover. Mm-hmm. Build. I was talking to a nurse friend the other day and she works in the, the intensive care unit for the babies who are born a little too early. And she was saying, that they do all of, they do something called cluster care, where they will feed the babies within like a 30 minute window. They'll change them. They'll take any measurements or observations they need in that 30 minute. Cause she said, we don't want to take away from their rest periods. Cause that's when they grow. That's when they heal. That's when they fight off infection and rest is just so valuable for them to get stronger. And I just was like, I love that so much. That applies to us as adults to the value of rest and the world doesn't value rest. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't because it really is a valuable thing. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. And that's, first of all, I love that analogy and it's very fitting or not analogy, but I love the correlation that you drew between that. And it is, it's like the idea of like busyness and productivity. And, you know, I feel like that has gotten so tied into the fitness and like movement industry. And it just doesn't, I don't know. Do you feel like, do you feel like with people that there's, you know, kind of along the lines of rest and neutrality and 
prioritizing themselves, like, do you feel like this fits with self-care and that kind of like taking a break and taking some time and kind of like recharging? Do you see it that way ever? Yeah, totally. I think people think they have to earn self-care or that it's a luxury and they can only do it once they've done X, Y, Z. But if you're a human, it's a need and you need it. And so I think people, yeah, see it rest as a luxury in the same way, but you, it's not a luxury. We all need it. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. And, you know, I'm just supposing here, but I'm thinking about like food and how that fits in, you know, with the neutrality and the way you're talking about things. Do you believe that like fuel and like recovery and like enjoying food, like how does that fit in with moving intuitively? Yeah, I I love intuitive eating too. And I love intuitive exercise and they definitely play off of each other. I used to be a marathon runner and I used to do triathlons and half marathons and all of that stuff. But I, well, first of all, I was forcing myself to do it because running gets pretty elevated. It's like at the top of that hierarchy, like you're a runner, like, whoa. And so now I do run. I took an eight year break. I ran a marathon and I was burnt out and I was like, I hate this. And I admitted I hated it. And then eight, eight years later, I actually decided, you know what, it sounds good today. And I now I go and I run in a different way, in a different mindset, just enjoying the sunshine and all of that. But when I was marathon training, I, I was still stuck on like disordered eating too. And I was stuck on the fact like you have to only eat at these certain times. And if the clock doesn't read this time, you're not allowed to eat. Like the, cl- the kitchen is closed. And so I would go on my long training runs and then I would get home and I'd feel so sick and I'd spend the rest of the day in bed. And so exercise wasn't enhancing my life. It was really hindering it. And then later on, I learned about nutrition, went to school for it. And I realized my blood sugars were just really low. My body was just needing recovery. And if I would have just ate something after those runs or ate more even before it, I would have felt better. But I was like, no, I got home at nine. I didn't let myself eat until it was like 11 or 12 for lunch. Like lunch had to be a certain time to be okay. And yeah. And so now I've learned that it's, it's okay to eat at different times each day because our days have different schedules. Our bodies are hungry at different levels, different days, and that's normal. And yeah, so I've observed that I feel better if I, if it's like a hit workout or weightlifting or running, I feel better eating within 30 minutes. Otherwise I start to feel sick. But if it's yoga or something, I've observed like you, I, I'm not usually don't need to recover. And I know chocolate milk gets a bad rap. Like people are like, I have so much sugar, but then it's like they ignore all the other great stuff in it, vitamins and things like that. And yeah. sugar, anything in moderation, like it's okay. And, but anyways, I like to say like chocolate milk is my favorite way to recover. It's got the carbohydrates, mm-hmm. the protein, the fat, it's delicious. And it's just, it's my favorite way to recover after a after a workout that is a little more intense than maybe stretching or foam rolling or a gentle walk or something. So yeah, I hope that answered your question. I kind of rambling a bit. (laughs) Absolutely. No, it makes sense. And I I agree because it's like, I think a lot of people, you know, you were talking about like the muscle fibers and that repair and like eating and fueling and recovering. And it's like, you know, you depleted carbohydrates in your muscles and your liver when you were working out. And that's why I always think of, yeah, I love chocolate milk as well, because it's like that kind of like a rapid delivery of nutrients that your body's like, you know, asking for just as much as a sip of water, you know, mm-hmm. after working out in terms of, of kind of what it might need. And it, it makes me think about like, you know, how you were talking about this kind of like more intuitively fueling and like 
like not following a fixed schedule, just like, you know, not like working out on the same day and I can't deviate or I plan to do this and I can't do something different. But, you know, also thinking about that our bodies have different variety of needs day to day. So like I'm thinking about if you were to, you know, work out on one day and then you rest on the next day, like because of all that repair that's happening in your body, you might be just as hungry on your rest day than on a day that you might have worked out. Mm -hmm. It's so true. But some people are so afraid to eat the same amount on a rest day because they're like, but I'm not moving as much. And they don't realize your body, actually, if you sat still all day, your body still needs calories to do all those body processes. And like you said, it's still recovering from yesterday what you did. So just trust your body, your hunger levels, like there's no wrong hunger level to have. And just go with the flow and different doesn't mean bad, like it's okay. And the the diet world will say you need to eat this many calories every day. And it's ingrained in us that eating different amounts of calories is is worse, but that's really not true. And it doesn't really align with how our bodies are created to be different each day. Yes. Oh, I love that. Thanks for speaking to that. Because I wondered if somebody listening might wonder about that kind of value and that worth of like, oh, well, I didn't work out. So I didn't earn it. And I don't need that much. Or if I take a rest day, then that conditionally, that means I must, you know, eat less or whatever. Mm hmm. I have a a couple of weeks ago, I sprained, well, no, it was actually like a month and a half ago, I sprained an ankle and I sprained it in two different spots. And my approach to it in the past, when I have had ankle sprains in the past with when I had really disordered mindsets around eating and exercise was, oh no, I can't eat as much. Like it just was terrible. I was so terrified to not be able to exercise the same way. But this ankle sprain, it was more so I approached it with curiosity. Like, hmm, I wonder how my hunger levels will change. I'm interested to see what you're going to do body like are you going to be a little hungrier for a while while you're helping repair that ankle injury cuz that was a project you didn't need to fuel before and so it was just approaching it with curiosity hmm how's my hunger level going to be today and it's okay if it's less or more the same it's it's like you said neutral you use the word neutral so yeah and it gives you that space to really listen to your body instead of denying that ooh i'm still hungry why is that or oh what's wrong with me i shouldn't listen to that you know Hmm. Yeah. And it's okay to get, I sometimes do ask like, why am I extra hungry? And then it's, oh, you know, what? breakfast didn't really have much protein. That, that might be why, but I don't spend too much time hanging out on the why, but I do sometimes like, hmm, I wonder why. And if I can't figure it out, it's like, oh, well, I'll just eat. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think there's this period where you're learning on how to explain it to yourself. Like you said, part of your recovery was understanding more about nutrition. And obviously you already understood plenty about working out and it's just kind of like bringing it together in this new way of, well, wait a minute, you know, if I am approaching it with a bit of neutrality here, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what my body tells me. And sometimes it can be helpful to have that period of explanation where we're saying, oh, you know what? I must have not felt like doing my glutes today because I did that really hard workout the other day with my glutes, or maybe they're just Maybe it wasn't that hard, but wow, huh? They're still telling me that they need a little more recovery time. So let's hit an arms and chest workout instead. You know, it's like this. I think a lot of times when we're trying to control and be super rigid, we have this expectation of like, this is what it should be. Instead of just, like you said, that curiosity really opens things up to be able to listen to yourself and to be able to trust what it's telling you. Mm -hmm. Just that non-judgmental Piece. Again, my, my same nurse friend was saying when they're observing incidents that have happened, they 
they have to write it through an impartial like lens, like with no emotion. So you kind of just, you look at your, you look at your hunger levels or what, what your body's telling you about exercise. And you just, you don't attach judgment to it. You're just like, hmm, just observe what you see and then make a choice based off of that just totally neutral observation. Yeah. Oh, and I could see that showing up in so many ways. You're like, oh, why don't I feel like working out today? And oh, you know what? I didn't sleep so well. Or, ah, oh, I really have an extra meeting and I really want to, you know, I have this deadline and I want to prioritize that right now. Or, oh, I had an opportunity to hang out with a friend or I can just tell I need a little more alone time tonight. Or because I've been talking about this with people where like COVID and this year of 2020 has been so stressful that their bodies have been almost craving different types of movement. Like speaking of intuitive exercise, where they're like, you know, maybe before COVID, I would have loved to do like a really long run or a hit workout. And lately I've been so stressed at work that I've been craving more of a flow type of workout or a slower workout. So maybe it's a, you know, a strength training workout that's really slow and controlled and short, or I need, I need yoga. I need meditation to like calm me down after a day. Is that something that ever comes up with you or with your clients? Yeah. I think people are afraid to give themselves permission for what sounds good to change with the seasons or even the weeks. And I just like to tell people it's okay to pivot from a plan. It's always okay to pivot from a plan just because you did it last year, just because you did it yesterday or last week doesn't mean you have to today. And again, it's that we just have a fear of over the word different, that different equals evil and terrible things are going to happen if we choose differently today than we did before, but it's really not the case. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And it I'm thinking as we start to near the end of our interview, I have a couple of things I wanted to wrap up with. And the first one is I was wondering if somebody was thinking about, okay, here I am. I worked on my relationship with food a little bit and I'm starting to approach exercise some. And I know that I want to be more flexible. I know I want to be more spontaneous. I know I want to listen to myself more. What would be maybe one to two things that they could do to kind of get started? Yeah, I think the first thing would be the body scans, which we talked about. So when you're in the morning, you can do it or right before you're going to work out, just do that mental scan, check in with the your mind, your your legs, your stomach, all those different things and just collect data, how you're feeling that day and then adjust your plan based off of that. And I think also making a list, I know diet culture gives moral value to like vegetables and whole grains and things like that. So make your list like that. But for exercise, like which exercise are you giving more moral worth to? And which ones are you doing less? And then ask yourself why? Like, what's the origin story of that? Like what met where you got that belief from someone or a message? And then just asking yourself, like, why did I see that as a trusted source? Have they ever maybe told me not truth before? And I think just digging into that can really help you to change your mindset. I think those two things will really help you. And also just giving yourself permission to do what sounds good. And just ask yourself, if I had no like shoulds, like I should do this, if those were all gone, what would I choose today? And just let yourself think about that. And then one day, just just say, I'm going to try it today. You don't have to be like, I'm going to try this for a month. Just say just today for today's workout, I'm going to choose joy and choose that. And you're going to see that joy-based exercise is so much better than fear-based exercise. So those are my three tips. And I think they're they're not super scary to start with, but I think they'll take you a long ways. Oh, I agree. And they they really kind of flow into each other, you know, and that's 
I think they really do fit well with eating intuitively and, you know, just start, starting to kind of apply that to exercise. Like I loved how you were talking about like really discover like what kind of things are you valuing more than others? Because it does, it opens the door to choose joy. You're like, you know what? I really would love rollerblading, but I just figured that that's really not gonna, you know, whatever, something I feel like I should do otherwise and just gives that permission, it opens the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I love how you said rollerblading because it can be jumping on a trampoline, chasing your dog, chasing your kids or throwing a Frisbee with friends. It doesn't have to be a structured exercise class or a run or a workout video. That's why the the word movement is kind of more, it can be more expansive where exercise has more. So it's only this if it's considered exercise, which is like structured movement of the body. But movement is like any movement counts, even waiting for my toast to pop and doing a little dance party to Justin Timberlake, like that counts. So yeah. (laughs) I love it. Exactly. Exactly. What's next for you? What are your plans for the future? I am announcing this actually tomorrow. So I'm actually starting a podcast. So that is super exciting for me. And I have a couple books in the work too. So I'm diving into the world of podcasting and there's lots to learn, but it's very fascinating. And I found a podcast about podcasting. So that's helping me learn how to podcast is a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say being on one helps too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Seeing how all the back end stuff is, is really interesting too. Yes. Where can people find you? I hang out mostly on Instagram so they can find me nutrition with Nyla on there. And I'm active on the stories more than the posts, but I do post a couple of times a week so they can go say hello to me there. And yeah, I love Instagram. It's it's that love-hate relationship where you like <laughs> love it, but you're also like, I need my space. <laughs> yes. Oh, I think anything breaks as well. You know, it's like it helps you show up and really connect and be 100% yourself just like you would with exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, valuing rest from exercise, but like you said, also Instagram is very productive. It makes you more productive when you take some time <laughs> away. <laughs> uh, exactly. What's your favorite form of exercise? I think walking. We have a park really near us, and when my ankle injury was recovering, I had to take about three and a half weeks off, and so I'm loving getting to do some movement that I that my body was saying, hey. That's not a good idea for right now. And sometimes listening to your body, it kind of is like disappointing. Like, I really wanted to do that, but okay, I'll trust you know best. But so it's nice that my body's like, we're feeling good for walks in the park. And so that, and, and weightlifting. I always love weightlifting it. It just makes me feel so strong after. And like one day I was in the park with my niece and nephew and they, we didn't want to leave the snowman behind. We made a snowman. And so then I was like, well, auntie will carry it home. So I carried the snowman <laughs> home and I'm like, this is why I lift weights so I can carry a, a super heavy chunk of snow home. <laughs> so oh, I love it. It helps you show up more in your life and feel good in that way. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for being here. I loved our conversation. It's so important to start this discussion on intuitive movement and how it relates as we not just heal our relationships to food, but also with our bodies. So until next time. Thanks to you for listening. Find me on Instagram at Align Nutrition. Let me know if you like this or if you have other topics or ideas for the podcast. I love hearing from you. If you've gotten something out of this, help us reach more people who need this message by subscribing in your podcast app. A nice rating and review also helps us reach more people and is so appreciated. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time.